Turn my mic down low. Technical problems fucking up my flow. Said, ooh, I hate it. Yes, ooh, I hate it. I wanna punch my microphone. <laughs> okay, that is my opening ditty for today. It's an, it's an honor of the hour and a half I spent on Reddit and stuff like that. Um, just to research a problem that is like inbred into microphones. So when having a home studio and the pandemic doesn't cut it, just kidding, like my regular listeners know I've always had a home studio. Anyway, welcome back. This is Cake and Kombucha. I am your host, Kalechi Aza. Happy to be here with you. Not happy about some of the things that I have to talk to you about today. Um, yeah. So, what are my updates? I mean, we're here, we're alive. COVID is on the rise in New York again. Um, I'm still, you know, doing my distancing, but doing, you know, enjoyed outdoor parks and things like that. And getting my cycle on has been really cool, too. That's about it. Um, show schedule updates. I'm not even going to lie to you what you don't need me to lie to you like right when I start to do right you will know because you will see it you will see the refresher on your app if you subscribe you got to subscribe and then you'll know but I'm I'm getting my act together I promise I've had a lot of other things in the works but fall is a perfect time to get you locked and loaded because we're gonna have a lot to report on like we do today with the wahala that was the debate <sighs> Oy vey. Okay, before we get into that, I'm going to give you, I think, run through the other top news items quickly, and then we can focus the preponderance of the podcast on the debate. Just kidding. Um, this was recorded. I started this recording before the news about the coronavirus and Donald Trump came out. So that's what we're going to talk about. But I'm going to give you these, uh, these other stories first. Okay, I had a lot of thoughts about how I could start this new segment. I do have things to report, like the fact that Joe Budden allegedly touches his dog's private parts to masturbate them because he thinks it makes them happy. Um, he did one of those awkward things where you say something that you think is relatable to people and it's not. He was like, we all know we all touch our dogs down there. And everyone was like, no, 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 no. Wow. But yeah, he's getting divorced. And that was brought up in courts. His baby's mama, which I don't remember her name. And that's his wife. I shouldn't say baby mama. I don't remember her name. But she's been through it. Let's just say that. And he also came out and said that he wanted to date Brandy. And Brandy was like, no. So that was interesting. Okay. That was just a little special interest piece. Okay. Moving on. There is an interesting story that I have for you that brings up the whole quandary of law and order. Do we believe in it or do we not? What the hell is that sound? It's like fucking. So at a middle school football game in Logan, Ohio, uh, police noticed a woman who was not wearing a mask, which is protocol 
for a middle school football game because, you know, not infecting the, uh, the future of our country and killing them, you know, just protecting minors, things like that, things that matter. He asked her to put a mask on. She said, no, this is a 34-year-old woman. He asked her to leave, and she refused. So she started struggling against him when he tried to, like, lift her and escort her out, fighting with him, screaming, how dare you? I'm not going to do this. No. And he tasered her, um, which, you know, to any black person watching the video, I'm sure we're all like, what a luxury, a taser, not a fatal uh, bullet wound. But in case you were wondering, this woman was white and the cop was black. So the people seated around this cop, the video commentary is my favorite part. It's hilarious. They were like, is that even a real cop? Someone called the police. So when white people are not uh, following the rules, other white people will call the police on the police if the police are black. That is something that I learned from that. That was very interesting. I, I'm just understanding all the twists and turns and crevices and ravines of how this whole be a law-abiding citizen, don't resist arrest and nothing bad will ever happen to you thing works because I've had my suspicions that a lot of that viewpoint had to do with being white and doing whatever you want anyway and expecting it'll be okay. But it's always nice to see it on video just to have that additional confirmation. So what happened after this? Well, basically, uh, the town organized a lynch mob. Um, there were commentary, it's not right to treat people like that, especially women, which I feel like you could just put a, our women in front of that. And then there were so many threats against this police officer that he had to leave. And he's also security at that school. So there were credible threats against the school. They had to shut down the school system. They had to put a lockdown on the school system because white people were so enraged that this black officer did his job and arrested a, a white woman who was a, a viral, and I don't mean viral like a viral video, like an actual viral potential threat to the community. They were so enraged that they decided to threaten his life, to take the law that was actually being practiced when he arrested her into their own hands. Also interesting is just that like laws are apparently just not things that you don't like. I mean, you don't want to wear a mask. It's a law. As Governor Cuomo was on, you know, <laughs> Governor Cuomo was in a rage <laughs> like to about two days ago at a press conference, which was discussing, you know, the rising COVID rates and how, yeah, if this keeps happening, I will shut the schools down. If this goes up, I will shut them down. If we reach 3%, he's shutting schools down. I've, we're already 3% in some places. So, I mean, I really feel like it's going to happen. We're at 1.5 right now. However, um, he has, he clowned everyone. He was like, oh, mass compliance is really high here. It's good here. He's like, guess what? He was like, it's not a, it's not a suggestion. It's the law. It's the law. It's the law. So I think it's really interesting how people demonstrate against laws they don't like because it kind of almost correlates to the way protesters demonstrate against things that they find unjust, unjust, excuse me, even if those things may have been somehow sanctioned by a, let's say, very, I don't even know what the word is, a very, not a loose interpretation of the law, but kind of archaic and unhelpful to the situation at hand interpretation of the law. <clears throat> Brianna Taylor verdict. 
So it's just it's just interesting how there is a an, an internal um, resistance that 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 manifests externally when people feel like laws are unjust, but it's only moral to 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 let that out to demonstrate your displeasure um, by making death threats at police officers, not by peaceful protests. That's very interesting. Okay, well that's all I have to say about that. The Honorable Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed away, and unsurprisingly, like the extreme hypocrites that they are, uh, the Republicans have gone on and and said, yeah, this is the time Trump should get to nominate a new Supreme Court justice, even though they blocked Obama's nomination of Barrett Garland under the, under the uh, excuse that he was about to leave office or there was about to be an election, rather. So this makes, I mean, there are people on tape, like Lindsey Graham, saying, hold me to it, hold me to what I said. And they just don't care, like the bar is on the floor. So now we have this lady, Amy Coonan Barrett, who I don't really have much to say about. She um, she did clerk for uh, Justice Scalia, which is both terrifying and sadly like means that she is highly qualified because it's one of the most uh, prestigious clerkships, if not the most you can have. Um, she is crazy. Um, I grew up Catholic, but I feel like, do I know? Okay, I don't really count Nigerians because I feel like Nigerians would have a bunch of kids anyway. So yes, I know like Nigerians with like seven kids and five kids and stuff, but I just don't, I didn't meet any like white people practicing Catholicism horde like that growing up, and this bitch has seven children. She has seven kids. That's a lot. Um, that's a long time to be pregnant. And she she has said some weird stuff about feeling like God like ordained her. I don't know. My main thing is she's going to overturn Roe v. Wade. Like That's what's going to happen. And we will be in the dark ages, and women will be dying in alleys, and it will be poor women who don't have access to abortion that are suffering the most and it'll be rich people continuing to get the most abortions like they always have that's who suffers uh when we restrict family planning resources and giving women options that they need um poor people suffer so i just this is just horrible i mean ruth bader ginsburg was an icon and she had an amazing life. She had a lot of twists and turns in her life. Um, there's a lot more I've been learning about her that's even just moving and even enraging. For example, how she was kind of, which is not any you know critique because you know not everybody in a generation can be a visionary. Like people are born into the social structures they are born into, and they mostly operate within them. The average person. So she, you know, after going to law school. Uh, she ended up being a secretary afterwards because she couldn't get a job. No one would give her one. And it took her leaving the country and going to Sweden, I believe it was, to see equality between the sexes. And then realizing, well, hey, why don't we have that here? That was so moving for me because I just keep wondering what is wrong with America? Like, why are we so behind on certain things? Will we hype ourselves up so much? That's not the way Look, growing up in a black household, you're told you have to be 
twice as good to get half as far. So if America was a black child, America would be on punishment right now. She would have to have her television privileges taken away, and she would be in her room with a long assignment and a legal pad and having to write over and over again, I will not be a dumbass, I will not be a dumbass, something like that. I don't think America is measuring up. We are really behind in the uptake of like a lot of simple, simple things, which I'll get to later, like the right for people to not die in the streets and things like that. I'm not even talking about police violence here. I'm talking about health care. Um, so I don't get it. Maybe I'm not meant to, but um, that happened. And I just I'm going to give you like I often do the quick anecdotal take that's going to be an angle of the story you didn't hear. So circle back with me. Um, Kaylee McEnany, the press secretary for Donald Trump, also known as Big Bird, also known as lace front wigs that have a completely blindingly snow white part. She lied and said that Amy Coonan Barrett was a Rhodes scholar. So someone uh, in the press corps raised their hand and said, so I believe you misspoke on that. Uh, Amy Coonan Barrett was not a Rhodes scholar. And, she, and <laughs> Kaylee said, well, that, that's what I have here. We're like, oh, oh she, went, she went to Rhodes College. Uh, my bad. Rhodes College. Um, so I don't know if Kaylee like thought if you go to Rhodes College, you're studying there. So that's scholastic. So you're a scholar. So you're a Rhodes Scholar. Is this like that Hillary Duff movie where she thought princesses went to Princeton? I just think it's just so the line between like not actually knowing what you're talking about and fudging the truth is so permeable that this just made me laugh out loud um, because it's one of those things where it could absolutely go either way, and I just found that comical. So the Breonna Taylor verdict is, is, is out. It was very disheartening, heartbreaking, and insulting in ways that I hadn't even anticipated like in ways that I didn't really think were possible. And actually, RBG's death and the listening and learning new things about that that I've been doing has even made me start wondering about legal precedent. What is the precedent we're saying by not assigning any culpability to a woman's death, not manslaughter, nothing? There is no one that is held responsible for Breonna Taylor's death in this verdict. So what happened was Hankinson, the police officer that went outside and just started shooting through blinds wildly, and he was fired. He was fired for showing depraved indifference to human life. His department, you know, they were saying, why would you start shooting and you can't see? To me, that's not a hard question to answer because you hire idiots because these people think they're Rambo. They grow up playing video games. What's that game with the headset everyone used to play in college? Halo. And they are like adrenaline junkies, probably on some sort of methamphetamines that they steal from people and then plant also. They like this. They want violence. They crave violence. They enjoy it. They Emails are released where they laugh about it. This is not a surprise. It cannot be a surprise every time something happens over and over again. 
You can't be like bad apples. And also, if anyone else says bad apples, I will punch you through your teeth because the rest of that quote is one bad apple spoils the bunch. I haven't heard anyone finish the spoils a bunch part in, in like years, in like the maybe 10 years or so we've been really discussing police violence in the media heavily. I haven't heard anyone just close that out. Close that out. One bad apple spoils a bunch. So, no, it's not surprising to me that a cop went and did some dumb, reckless shit. It's not. But what is surprising to me is that he was charged with wanton endangerment. No, this is not, um, this is not when dumplings are put in a precarious situation. Wanton endangerment is the, let me pull up the definition for you. A person is guilty of wanton endangerment in the first degree when under circumstances manifesting extreme indifference to the value of human life, he wantonly engages in conduct which creates a substantial danger of death or serious physical injury to another person. This carries a one to five year sentence and other wanton endangerment charges include like credit card fraud in the state of Kentucky. But guess whose life he was found guilty of endangering? Not not Brianna Taylor, but the apartment next door. The white people next door filed a lawsuit um, because they had bullets go inside their apartment. So their inconvenience and the danger they were put in is more compelling to the courts than Brianna's actual death. But she was shot six times. So the reason this makes me scared is because I feel like, you know, we're not always going to be here. These think pieces, we don't know what trace of, of our, our writing and our interpretation is going to be left. Who knows? But say that these kinds of verdicts survive and like some civilization down the line, that's what they have to work with. They are going to think from the law that black lives don't matter. That's what that law says. Sorry, not the law. That's what that interpretation says. If you're broadly interpreting something later, as they do like on the Supreme Court, as people, people look back at law decisions to, 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 to interpret cases in the future when a similar thing happens. So now what we have, we have these cops that, and interestingly, first they had a no-knock warrant, then, at the last minute, it was changed to say that they should announce themselves. I wouldn't be surprised if that contributed to the confusion as well. And they knocked on someone's door at 12.30 in the morning, and then when a black person who lived inside stood their ground and defended themselves, which it's white people's favorite thing to do is suggest that there's always going to be like marauders coming to your house that you need to defend yourself from with a gun... Instead, this man shoots to defend himself, and because he hit an officer in the leg, every, everything else that happens is justified. What does that really mean? It means you can provoke someone, and if they defend themselves, you'll be found guilty, but that's not stand your ground. Stand your ground was for these exact situations. I'm not making that much sense anymore. My point is, like, it's, you, it's just not... I'm, I've, everything was interpreted in a way to disenfranchise Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend and to enfranchise the police. That's my point. 
if you have an option of a way to look at something, it's equally viable to say this person was surprised they shot. It was an accident. But how do we get in this like ping pong table loop to loop of like, I bust in your house, you shoot me. So then I have a right to shoot you. So then you have a right to shoot me. Da, da, da. But except he didn't, he was arrested while his girlfriend was bleeding and dying and no one attended to her body. Okay, so special alert, special alert. Hold the phone, hold the phone. Yes, my mic sounds better now. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. Thank you so much for sticking with me through the the technical issues I was having before. But basically what had happened was I was recording my podcast. I had to do a reading. I had to get ready for an improv show. I had to do a lot of stuff. So I took a break. Um, I fell asleep and I wake up and Trump has coronavirus. So it's the whole two days since I've recorded, started recording before So let me start with the debate, since I said I would do that. So I'm going to do that. Okay. It was a shit show. It was a total shit show. Um, Whoever organizes these things made a provocative choice to pick Chris Wallace as the moderator. As you may remember, Chris Wallace had a very contentious interview with Donald Trump on Fox News. Donald Trump has demanded on Twitter, you know, the place where you just go ask for things like a wishing well that Chris Wallace be fired from Fox. He said everyone should watch OAN with that that weird, attractive but disheveled woman with the ripped tights that interrupted the press conferences all the past um, seven months for the coronavirus task force press conferences. Um, so he's trying to switch us all to this other alternative news station that never says anything bad about him because um, quite as it's kept, Fox does have these actual reporters who are not the talking head personality um, fascist Nazi people like Tucker Carlson. And so during the day before, you know, before the money hours in the evening, they actually talk about facts. And that is not attractive. Uh, That's not an attractive option to someone like Trump. So the debate was crazy. Um, Trump fought with the moderator. He talked over him. He ignored all the rules. He yelled at him. This man was very quite flummoxed. Um, Joe Biden performed well. Um, There's a lot we can say about Joe Biden. And I want to be candid that not everything I say about him might be exactly politically correct. However, I have had the opportunity to know and work with some people that have stutters and to be educated about it. And I do think a lot of the population is not aware of the concept of fluency, which is that a lot of times people with stutters, um, there's not just that you hear them saying, you know, repeating themselves or stuttering when you, when, when people are recovered, it means they've, they've discovered a different way of communicating. So a lot of times I watch Joe Biden and because of what I am aware of and what I have like seen with people I know that stutter I know that he's choosing different words you have words that you choose that you can say in place of words that you know will give you an issue imagine if you just always chose like this you know three three letter words because you knew that you couldn't pronounce the longer possibly more nuanced more effective word so he is using all of his ability to get things out in a way that is coherent and cohesive. Now, does he have crazy inappropriate stories? Yes. And that is where the line is, is so delicate because you, you did, you did know a gangster named Corn Pop and you decided to tell us that. 
That is a crazy sounding thing for anyone to repeat, you know? So I think he says wacky things and he has wacky old white man who means well ideas, but he also is using every ounce of his abilities to, to get the words out. And that's why when I watch him, I'm stressed out because as an actor, I'm watching him do the work mentally. And there's something you say in acting and that's like, you do the work and then you don't let us see it. So we work really hard. We pick out what we're going to do maybe for a scene and we're on tape. We, we craft the scene and then you just do it. You have to let it go. And whatever doesn't work out, doesn't work out. Whatever happens, happens. So it's this synergy between preparation and then improvising in the moment. And with him, I just see the work. I see the work. And so it stresses me out. And I do, do I think he's senile? I actually don't. But I think as he got, as he gets older, it's just more effort. It's more brain power. It'd be like if you're getting up somewhere doing logic puzzles in front of people, like it's hard. So this was a gargantuan challenge for him to, also you can't really compete. So imagine if no matter how quick your brain works, you can't always get whatever you want to say out as fast as you need to, right? Or as fast as you might want to. Now, when you get what you want to say out, you also want to get it out accurately with nuance, with finesse, with pizzazz, and, and, but have it be truthful. Have it contain actual facts that you're recalling. Imagine if you are up against someone who makes up everything they say with no qualms at all. You can't, I've always felt like you can't really compete with a lot. How, if you have no, how can you compete with someone that has no standards, no... Nothing is inhibiting them from just lying. How can you compete with that? It's hard to. So he did a good job. He did tell him, oh, would you just shush, which is the most grandparent thing you could ever say, and I died. He also said, oh, man, would you shut up? And he called him a clown several times, which I appreciate it, because he is a fucking clown. Now, Donald Trump, on the other hand, did some of the most heinous and racist and incendiary things he's ever done, although sometimes it just feels like that is Tuesday. The debate was a Tuesday. Um, so Donald Trump, well, my hot take that I don't really hear anyone talking about is that when asked about his, um, his, his events where he had lots of people close together, his, uh, campaign events, he said, there's been no bad outcome. Nothing has happened. I would like to remind everyone that a whole nigga died. A whole nigga died. Herman Cain died. Herman Cain died. He sacrificed his life for cooning. Should he know better? Yes. He is old enough to have his parents have been slaves. Like, they could have told him, you don't do things for white people like that. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't even see you as a real person. They are not going to remember you. There's no honor. There's no prize at the end of this. But for some reason, he just, I can't really get inside of his psyche. I don't know what it's like. I just don't know what that's like. But he just decided, I'm going to sacrifice the last, who knows? He could have had another 30 years of life. We don't know. I don't know his family lineage. I don't know what kind of green juice they drink. I don't know how old they live. He sacrificed his life to just be up this man's ass. And he got not one word of recognition. He doesn't exist. The books have been closed on you. I saw people sharing Ben Carson's picture and saying RIP, which is kind of, um, I mean, honestly, that's the thing that happens anyway every time a black person dies, but I, I, I just, ooh, okay, so that was rough for me. That is, that is my hot take. That's not like what you're going to read in the papers. The main thing to remember is that when asked to denounce white supremacy, he wouldn't do it. Donald Trump wouldn't do it. And he 
tried to like get a definition of white suprem what white supremacy was, and Chris Wallace was like the Proud Boys, you know, denou- will you denounce them? And Donald Trump said, uh, st- to stand, stand back and stand by. Stand by. He told a white supremacist group to be at the ready. Everyone heard that shit. I heard it. Uh, the white supremacist group heard it because then they started publishing T-shirts that said stand back and stand by. And when he was asked to take it back later, he doubled down on it again. On um, Wednesday following the debate, he doubled down and he said, stand down and let law enforcement do their job. That, to me, was even worse because he acknowledged to them a connection between their delusion that they are law enforcement. And you know what? It's actually not a delusion because what did law enforcement start from? It started from vigilante, you know, white people going around and lynching black people that had successful businesses and burning down Tulsa. I mean, that is the history of our country. So in some ways, the Proud Boys are really just carrying on a tradition um, of this vigilanteism, but he validated for them the the connection between their idea that they have an actual purpose. Um, he juxtaposed them against law enforcement, and I. This is just hard. It, it's just hard. It's hard. Like this is this is really happening. So, yeah, that's the thing that happened. Um, that was the worst part of the debate. The rest of it, it was just, it was a lot of screaming. It was a disgrace. I remember having the conversation. Um, I wanted to know if if people who don't speak English as a first language can tell how stupid it was. Like, does that translate? And just how embarrassed should we be on the world stage? <laughs> I mean, the answer is very embarrassed once I looked on the internet, but I was trying to understand, I was trying to guess like if I, so I speak French, but like not that well anymore. And I was wondering if I was watching this debate in French, would I be able to tell like someone is a buffoon? And I feel like I would, because if you, someone was just yelling the same words over and over again, I feel like eventually I would pick up that they were an idiot. Um, But it's just, yeah, I just want to know, I want to know, are we alone in this? Do we have friends in other countries that can feel sorry for for the people that didn't vote for Trump? Are you are you guys? If anyone is listening from elsewhere, um, shout out to my friends in Brazil. Can do you guys feel sorry for us? Like, what's going on? Is there a sense that we're drowning, or does this seem like oh, this is normal American fare? But okay, that's why I'm going to leave you in the debate because we're going to get right to the top news story of the hour. I don't want to say we've been delivered, but a deus ex machina has, it has come upon us. Trump has coronavirus. Trump has coronavirus. Shit is getting real. Shit is getting real. Shit is getting real. Um, Trump has coronavirus, you guys. Trump and Melania. Donald Trump and Melania Trump have coronavirus. But they're not the only ones that have coronavirus. Um, so yes, a scant... A scant two days after the debate where he mocked Joe Biden for wearing a mask and literally correlated like the size of the mask to some sort of like how much of a wuss you are, which is curious because like it has to cover your nose and mouth. So to that extent, like nothing else about the size matters. But I'm just I'm sorry, I'm just applying logic to where there is none. Yes. Um, 
He said, well, I wear a mask when I need to wear a mask, but, uh, you know, this this guy just needs to be wearing the biggest mask you've ever seen. Um, he has coronavirus, and so do a, a choice, a group of other choice uh, actors in this in this this drama. Um, Chris Christie, this, of the, as of this morning, has coronavirus. John Jenkins, who's the president of Notre Dame, this is sad, a journalist. Um, I'm looking at this tableau, and it, it it is a like interactive chart that you can see by date. You can see by event. So we have like present at the Rose Garden, Kellyanne Conway. She has it. Um, Mike Lee, Senator from, Republican Senator from Utah. Tom Tillis, Republican Senator from North Carolina. Um, we have Bill Steven, Stepian, the campaign manager. And we have Hope Hicks, um, who is, what is that? Uh, what, what, what position did Chris Rock have in um, head of state? I feel like that's what Hope Hicks does. She, he was like a, prof, a professional hoe. I feel like that's her job. Um, Dan Scavino, deputy chief. No, he doesn't have it. There was one more person. Oh, uh, who is this lady who is the, the woman who is the chair of the RNC also has it. it this is an incredible turn of events. So it looks like the super spreader event in question would be this uh, celebration they had for Amy Coonan Barrett. And she doesn't have it because she already had it. Um, Unless she like somehow was still carrying it. I don't know. Um, But what we do know is the conspiracy theory started immediately. However, we have good reason to believe that there's no ulterior motive. I mean, yes, does Trump view illness as a sign of weakness, masks, Yes. And so the very cynical among us, which I don't even know, is it, are we cynical or are we just dealing with people that lie all the time? Myself included for a second, I was like, well, what if he's just faking an illness so that he can take a a drug that's on some sort of trial, say it worked, get out of his debt, because we know from his tax returns that were released that he, you know, has regular losses of half a billion dollars. But that... The only reason that doesn't seem to be the case is that his aides were actually trying to hide the fact that Hope Hicks had COVID, and it was uh, Bloomberg reporters that leaked it. And so this stuff seems to be leaked. It does not seem to be something they wanted to come out. And now Trump is in the hospital. He is at Walter Reed Hospital. So I'm going to tell you about the updates that just happened this morning. This is Saturday, October 3rd. And I'm also going to tell you a couple things that maybe only someone who's intimately familiar with COVID because they had it might know, or just someone who, I don't know. I'm just using comments. All I'm saying is my mama didn't raise no fool, okay? So, boom. The doctors came out, like 10 of them. They gave the weirdest press conference, one of the weirdest ones I've ever seen. I literally texted my mom, who's a pediatrician, and my brother, who is in his third year of med school at NYU, winning awards, just slaying the game. And I was like, look, I know doctors are weird and like they're not known for having great bedside manners, but these doctors are acting like possessed aliens. Like, why are they so bad? Like, one of them was like trembling. So I don't know if he's just never been in front of a microphone before, but they seem to have this core of people who were really awkward. And then there was the one like bombastic main like you know someone that acted like they were part of trump's administration like a liar who's full of shit so there was that doctor that took the lead but the first one came out and i thought he was about to say this nigga was dead because 
he just looked so shooketh. And I was, you know, fingers crossed, but I was wrong. So then the bombastic one was like, Trump is doing great. So, A, let me just let me just help you out. He's not doing great. He's in the fucking hospital. COVID has no treatment. If you were fine, you would just be at home watching Netflix. There's no treatment for COVID. And you just treat the symptoms. You take Tylenol. You, if you are a healthy person, you feel like shit and you are monitored. And I've heard from the news and other outlets that the White House medical setup inside the White House, you could deliver babies. You could bunker down um, in case Area 51 gets real live and the aliens come out. You could do whatever you need to do there. So I don't really understand what he's doing in the hospital. It's not intuitive to me that you go to the hospital if you're not sick. You, I'm not. I'm sure that there's... Um, what is the machine called that we almost lost the whole COVID battle over? A respirator? Why can't I think of words today? So I'm sure he has a ventilator at the White House. I'm sure he has oxygen. Medicine can only be, you know taken in a couple different ways orally intravenously anally I don't know like a suppository like that what I don't know what's in the hospital that they don't have at the White House so to me if you go to the hospital with COVID you're sick so this doctor today was extremely weird because I just don't understand the way they choose to lie and not lie so he did say that the president had had a fever he said he didn't want to say how high the fever was like why just say it was low or say it was high. It's, it was either low and then we're like, oh, he had a low-grade fever or it was high and we're like, oh, he had, a, he had a bad fever. Like, what are you, what harm are you mitigating by not saying anything? We know he had a fever. So that's already like, I would say, a significant symptom that's not great. Um, he said that Trump, um, his oxygen, you know, they released his oxygen saturation, which was fine blah, blah, blah. But then they also, he would not confirm whether Trump had been on oxygen, although he said he's not on oxygen today. And he went back and forth with the reporter. The reporter said, so then he has been on oxygen before. He hasn't been on it today. I'm going to ask you again, has he been on oxygen at any point? He hasn't been on oxygen today. They said, has Trump been admitted to the hospital? He's a patient here. Has he been admitted? He's a patient here. So I'm just like, what are y'all doing? Like, you just is there just like a salon in the hospital you wanted to have him reclining somewhere where he could also get his lace front touched up get other you know get a spray tan on like what's in the hospital that's not in the white house why did he have to be hospitalized um same thing with chris christie tweeting hey i'm fine i'm getting medical attention today what kind of medical attention you they're not doing well so they're lying to us about that they're not doing well and then someone said why is melania not in the hospital she the first lady's great Really? Because great is the word you use for Trump. Lastly, good spirits. You don't have a good spirit. Trump, you have no soul. You have, you're a bad person. I feel like you would get lumps of coal for Christmas. I don't know if you have a reflection at this point. I don't know if you can cross the threshold of a, of a church without starting to like sting a little bit and, and just burn. Sizzle. So I don't care about your spirits. What the hell does your mood have to do with, like, I feel like that's something we say about hospice. Like, stop talking about people's spirits. I want to know if they're doing well or not. I don't care what your outlook on life is right now. Your outlook on life sucks. We've known you for four years. You have a sucky outlook on life. I don't care about your spirits. Stop telling me about the good spirits. Okay, I think that's it. Um, This is crazy. 
It was a foreseeable outcome of acting like an asshole, but it's embarrassing. Seven months into this virus, for our world leaders to be getting it is 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 comical. I'm sorry. Like, the other jerks who are like Trump, you know, light around the world, Bolsonaro, Boris Johnson, they got it months and months ago. This, I, I have to say... I, I feel like I'm very candid with you guys on the show. I don't have all the answers. I have theories on things. But I don't know where the line is between pretending like something's not a big deal because it fits your narrative for wanting the country to go back to work and when you start believing your own hype. Because when I see the video of Kellyanne Conway all up on people and all that stuff, and now she's sick, and her daughter, please emancipate that little girl. Let her go. Because her mom lied to her. She asked her mom not to go to this dumb event. And her mom said it was okay. Then her mom came home and lied about having a, a negative COVID test and coughed around the house for days. And now poor child, old girl is on, um, the little girl, Claudia, is now on TikTok talking about my lungs hurt. Emancipate her. She don't like you. And you obviously don't like her or care about her health either. So that said... But I'm, I'm confused because I thought they didn't care if the general population got sick. And they don't. And they didn't do anything about it. But I didn't also know that they believed their own hype and thought they couldn't get sick. That's the part that is surprising to me. So there's that line of misinformation and it really makes you wonder. I'm sorry for all the sniffing. The season's changing. But even with... Even with... Um, you know, your access and your wealth and your power. It seems like Trump's misinformation campaigns also affect the people closest to him, which I kind of, it's fascinating. Like misinformation campaign, perhaps social pressure. I mean, I guess, you know, you can't go up to him wearing a mask or he's going to make fun of you. And he, you know, you're going against the grain of what he wants to present. So either these people really deluded themselves into thinking that the COVID thing was handled for them, which would be very delusional because getting tests all every day means what? What does that mean? If you, if the thing is incubated for two weeks, you have a positive test every day until it's negative. Isn't that the truth with like any illness that you can think of? Isn't it going to be negative every day until the day it's not? So that doesn't mean, like, when you go get your STD test, you're not like, okay, I don't have STDs. Let's raw dog all through the streets now. No. You get a test to see if you, where you're at and make sure you're healthy, and then you continue the safe practices so that you stay healthy. So I don't understand the whole testing everyday thing. Like, that's not... It, it's still a foreseeable consequence that if you guys keep having events and huffing in each other's faces like this, you're going to get COVID. So I don't understand. Um, I want to know, though, like, what is it that they have deluded themselves about their own invincibility? Is it that they're just taking chances that they feel like is a mitigated risk somewhat because they know where the, what side their bread is buttered on and they have tethered their finances, their souls, their, I don't know, all the skeletons in their closet to this man? Or are they really just dumb and just don't think that it can apply to them or a combination of all three? I would love to hear it. Chris Christie that's that's a dangerous situation for you the other thing now that it's okay to fat shame trump and everyone's like talking about his pre-existing conditions even though you tried to come for nancy pelosi when she called him obese and she said he's factually obese by his bmi and y'all obviously the bmi has issues but am i going to use it to make fun of trump yes um 
y'all tried to come for her because you don't treat, you don't respect women. But then when now today everyone is like, oh, well, he's at risk. All she said before, yes, she was being cunty and deservedly so. But she said he was at risk. That's what she said. Now everybody can say it. Now that he has the disease that he should have tried not to get harder because he had risk factors. Now everyone can talk about his risk factors. But before when she said he should be careful because he is, as you say, he's, as you say, obese. Y'all were mad. I don't understand. But what I do understand is you need to stop lying out your fucking mouths and saying this man is 225, 240 pounds. You need to stop lying. He is 6'3", okay? Layla Ali is like 210 pounds, looking like a fucking snack, okay? With like a lower body percentage, lower fat body percentage than like all of us. If Trump was 6'3 and 245 pounds, he would look like an Instagram model, okay? Do not play with me. Don't play with me. That bitch is pushing 375. Don't play with me. He would look like a thick snack. Don't You don't get to be a man and look like a refrigerator with things spilling out of it. By being 6'3 and 245 pounds or 225. That one laugh, laughable. That will be a CrossFit, like competitive, someone who ranked nationally, okay? Don't play these games. We can't do that anymore. Um, that's all I have to say. I'm I'm gonna start recording. I said in the beginning of the show, which was two days ago, that I wasn't gonna lie to you, but I'm gonna tell you the truth. The new day. No, I'm not gonna tell you. You're gonna see though. I'm gonna be consistent. You're gonna see. That's it. That's all I have to say. Uh, wow. Wow. 2020. The plot twists. I don't. Wow. 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 This. Wow. This is amazement. Wow. Okay. That's it. Bye, guys. Cake and Kombucha is produced and hosted by actress, writer, and singer Kilechi Azia. It features music by the talented Melanie J.B. Charles. If you like what you hear, check out MelanieJBCharles.com. <laughs> <laughs>